Thank you so much for joining Conversations with Cohen. I'm your host, Greg Cohen, Office Leasing Specialist at Cressa. And this podcast is for office tenants to help educate them about all things regarding their office space, from leasing to architecture and everything in between. Whether you're an entrepreneur thinking about your first office or a director of real estate managing a large real estate portfolio, this podcast is for you. I've got an exciting show for you today. My guest is Jen Milan of 71 Visuals. We're going to be talking about the office post-COVID and what you can do to create a safe and welcoming environment for your team to encourage them back to the workplace. By the way, if you want to reach me, I'm at Greg Cohen NYC on Instagram. And if you're new to this video series or podcast, hit the subscribe button below so you don't miss any future episodes. Today, I'm very to be exci- very excited to be joined by Jen Milan. If you don't know Jen, she's a principal of 71 Visuals. It's a family-owned, 50-year-old business with production facilities on Long Island and offices in New York City. The business focuses on visual branding. She's been in the industry for more than a decade. Her career started working with horses, then moved to hockey, before entering the visual branding space at NCG Visuals, where she was a client of 71 Visuals, and about five years ago moved over to start with 71 Visuals. Jen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Greg. Happy to be here. I'm really excited to have you on because reentry to the workplace is such a hot topic. And because of the work that you folks are doing at 71 Visuals to really help fight against the coronavirus. So before we get started with anything work and office related, I'd really love for you to share the story of what 71 Visuals is doing on your part. So a few weeks, what's going on a few weeks ago now, when you know we first had to shut down and things got more serious and Cuomo was you know, taking the steps to really close everyone. For us, obviously our city office that's service and sales can work from home, right? We can support that, they can continue to do their job. But on the manufacturing side, they can't, you know, guys who are working in the shop in the back and making things are not working from home. So if we have to shut down, those people lose their jobs, you know, if we have to furlough them and get rid of them. So initially we just started thinking, is there a way for us to stay open and keep everybody employed and not have to, you know, lose anyone or put anybody through that? And we started to think, what can we make? And then at this almost simultaneously, Cuomo called on a lot of small businesses to help out with the shortage that was happening and to get creative. So we started to think, what can we do with the machinery and the labor we have that will work? So over a weekend, I think that happened Friday, Cuomo like, took it from that 50 to 25 during the week to like a full shutdown, made that call. Over the weekend, my partners and I looked, Brian did some digging and found on John Hopkins Medical, kind of a formula, if you will, or a build out for a face shield. And looking at the materials, we were like, we could do this all in house. It's everything we you know we're used to working, use the machinery we have. That Monday, we came in with a small group, started just testing it to see if it was going to work the way we wanted to. By Tuesday, we had the team back, started making them. Um, you know, at the beginning, it's like pivoting the whole team to do something we don't normally make like that kind of widget. Everything we make is usually customized and every job is different. So we had an assembly line going and I remember like at first when we were able to do a thousand in the day, it felt like such a victory because it was like, we made a thousand today. Now we're making almost 10,000 a day. Wow. So those strides have been huge. Um, it's been great. And honestly, what started out as, you know, something to help our team 
really turned into a broader effort. Um, you know, we had hospitals coming to us to purchase um, and organizations, but we also had a lot of individual nurses and doctors reaching out saying for whatever reason, they weren't getting the PPE to come down to them. So even if their hospital was saying they have it, therefore wasn't getting it their team. So we started doing a donation um, drive separately where they could come to the shop and pick up donated shields for themselves. So it was a great way to give back to really the people on the front lines. And, you know, we had nurses crying out of like gratitude that they were getting them. So it was really a very powerful um, situation. And it really was nice to feel like you're helping people. I mean, you know, we all work and obviously we help our clients and we do things, but our day to day is not helping save lives. And so it was a really like amazing experience to feel like you were really giving back um, to the community. Congratulations. That's, that sounds like quite an accomplishment. And, uh, and so you talk about uh, donations. Is there still some ability for people who may be listening or watching to, to donate to those efforts? Um, we still, we haven't done a curbside pickup as of late. Um, it definitely has, luckily, has quieted down, even on the requests. Um, they can still reach out if they have one. Um, we are working with some foundations who are still facilitating donations through us. Um, so definitely they still can because we're putting them in touch with the foundation. We'll be sure to put those in the show notes uh, yeah. to be able to have people if they want to participate. So who are some of the uh, uh, hospitals or, or is it, I know your production is out on Long Island, right? Or have it you is. Um, yeah, primarily it was this area. So we did uh, like Stony Brook Hospital, um, NASA University Medical Center. Um, we did some work with Northwell and like Cohen Children's Hospital, um, Mount Sinai, wow. Jacoba Medical Center. Um, Elmhurst Hospital, um, Cornell, Presbyterian, Presbyterian Cornell on the Upper East Side. So kind and of. For, and for context, um, so is that is that is one shield used per day? So technically, they're supposed to be used per patient. Like in a perfect scenario, you're not supposed to repeat any of this equipment because if I'm treating you and something happens where I get you know, whatever that is from your yep. patient onto that shield or onto that mask, it's supposed to be thrown out and then I go to my next patient. I think due to shortages, they were using these multiple days, never mind on multiple patients. So, you know, it wasn't keeping them safe, it wasn't keeping the patients safe. So that when we were able to get them in their hands, even if there was still a shortage, maybe they used it for a day. Right. Or like, you know, with a few patients, they were able to throw it out versus a week, you know, or days. Right. Hold out you know, which sometimes they were doing too. Well, thank you for, uh, for contributing. Oh, thanks for the team at 71 visuals. It's amazing. Really. When we used to like people would drive up and get the boxes because we did it as like a drive through system, you know, they would say thank you to us. And it was like, thank you. You know what I mean? Like you guys are the ones who are out there like really doing things like we're happy to help. So, so help us understand your main business. Mm -hmm. What does 71 visuals do? So we work with our clients to translate their brand to the environment, right? So that can happen a few different ways. We do work with a lot of retail clients, um, you know, either outfitting their stores from, you know, um, inception up, like when they're first building it out, or obviously from a retail standpoint, they'll roll out seasonal graphics. So we do a lot of work that way. Um, we do a work in the event space. Um, we do work in a lot of university and school um, athletic programs too. Um, and then also we work, and, you know, more towards what we have our mutual line of work in the corporate space. So we'll work with our clients to either take an existing space they have, or a lot of times it's a new build out. 
um, and take their brand. And what does that mean in their space? You know, in today's world, everybody is looking to really make the office environment an engaging, dynamic place that's reflective of the employees and of the brand. Um, you know, I think the Googles, if we all heard of the world, sort of set this standard. Um, and now everyone's been following that. Um, and I think it does. I think, you know, it makes a better place to work. We spend more time there than anywhere else. So I think the more fun the environment can be and the more reflective it is of the people in it, um, the more the employees are engaged. So we try to work with our clients to do that. Um, really look at their space, understand how they use the space um, so we can maximize that experience for the people in it. You know, like, is it client facing? Is it employee facing? What does that mean? Who are they? Um, and then we do design production and installation. So a lot of times we'll be involved with an architect, layer our designs into an architect's, um, and then see that job through through production install. Um, and we also work with clients when we don't design. So we work with some architects or design firms that have this ability in-house, and they may be the ones designing it, and then we're just executing. On and, for the, and for the person who, uh, it might be their first time doing an office space, right, or a design or a, or a lease, um, can you help us understand, is that in the practicality of a, of a 5,000 square foot law firm um, or a 5,000 square foot advertising firm, um, what are those things where 71 Visuals comes in to help with? So it'll be a simple thing that you need, right? So uh, you've all been in an office with glass uh, wall systems or glass offices. There is what we call distraction film on glass, which basically is like that. It could be as simple as a repeating shape. We encourage our clients to do something usually a little more fun if we can, but basically it's a distraction so you don't walk into the glass because if the glass doesn't have any film on it, you could, and I've had clients call me when this happens, mistake it and walk into it. Um, and that's it for happened, COVID. It happened to my son last week. Did it? In the yeah. house? He walked, right in, he walked right into some glass. I'm actually, how embarrassing is this? I was on a site once before anything was on the glass <laughs> and I almost walked into the door. Like I stopped myself literally right before I walked out of my seat. This is why I had the glass and people um, you know, ADA compliance signs, so room signage, bathroom signage. So all those things that every office has, we produce um, on a floor plan like that. We would help a client understand what do they need for code, you know, versus what could be additional signs that you may or may not need. Things like a logo behind a reception desk, right? Everybody has that. Um, we do that. We try to bring in interesting materials. Um, and then we'll do custom wall coverings and spaces, acoustical solutions. Um, for conference rooms or you know open areas because now that everyone loves hard surfaces sure. it can be rough with the echo you know on wood floors and concrete floors so all of those are solutions we offer and work with the clients to do so you talk about solutions and now we we move into okay getting back to work whether that's in a few weeks or that's a few months from now um the the topic du jour is how do i create an environment that is uh, that is safe, um, where I can welcome, where I can encourage my team, my employees, my partners to come back to work, um, and um, and I imagine that you have some, we'll call some workplace solutions um, that you are either thinking about or uh, or helping people with already, and it would be really helpful to hear from you um, some answers. So that when I get the question of, Greg, I'm going back to work, uh, what do I need to have in place? I went to the supermarket and I see um, I can only walk up one row and down another row. Like, 
I'm going to be in a small environment with my with my staff. So what are, could you help us understand what some of those solutions are so that we can think about the practical application of that as we get back to work? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously that is definitely a topic on everyone's minds. Um, I think everyone at the same time is itching to get back to, you know, their normal quote unquote schedule um, and routine, but at the same time there's anxiety around a lot of people and what that means and how we're gonna interact. So, you know, as a business owner, you know, we think about that for our own staff and it's overwhelming. It's so much to think about. Like these last few weeks have been overwhelming and trying to position I me mean, back is overwhelming. So what we're trying to do for our clients is make it as turnkey as possible for them. Um, and sort of as comprehensive of a program we can offer so that it's, you know, they don't have to think about it too much. Like we're offering them kind of what they need in our eyes, what we need. Um, and we've been, pay, you know, keeping track ourselves of trends and, and reading all the white papers too. And, you know, trying to understand the CDC guidelines and, and all those things that are not always so easy and constantly changing also. Um, and try to, you know, call all of that for our clients so that we can say, listen, this is what's out there and this is what you need based on what we're seeing. So we're putting together a full signage package um, and just understanding, which I think to our advantage, we do this in our normal role in trying to understand space usage and how our clients use space when we normally come in and do branding. So we're just taking that same point of view and figuring out what is, how are your clients using the space differently now? And to your point with the supermarket, how are you navigating it? And are we going to create one path of navigation through the office? How do we teach these habits now? So, you know, it could be floor graphics, you know, indicating navigating that space in a particular way so that you don't have overlap. It could be floor graphics just saying, remember to maintain social distance, right? So like if I'm in the pantry and you're in the pantry, we have to remember we're supposed to be six feet apart. Um, you know, what we call healthy habit signage just things to reinforce hand washing, sanitizing, wearing of masks when you're in the space, all these just habits that we're starting to get used to, but need to be reminded of in this you know, new environment. Um, we're doing occupancy signs for conference rooms, right? So what used to be a 10 person conference room or an eight person conference room is now gonna be, maybe it's four people, right? And just the ability to change that and socialize uh, your clients, to, I mean, excuse me, your employees to do that. Um, done things like cleaning schedules, right? Because now it's going to be everybody's responsibility to some extent to clean throughout the day, regardless of if you have a cleaning crew or not. So all kinds of those, how are people interacting with the space and what kind of messaging will help them stay on top of it. Um, we're doing partitions for desks, um, all sorts of freestanding. Um, the idea is that whatever your desk configuration is currently, whatever furniture dealer you know, you're using, whatever furniture manufacturer, this will work. I don't have to drill into my desk. It'll function. It is temporary. We don't know how long that is, but something that can be placed and then removed when the time comes without damaging the furniture. And these are all about just giving everybody a little protection. Um, so they're like, you know, they're very similar to what everyone's been seeing probably in supermarkets as far as like flexi panels. Uh, we're taking it a step further and customizing them if the client chooses to um, and have a little library for them you know, some gradients, they can put logos, um, just to kind of, you know, bring a little personality into the space. It's not just a yeah. C flexi. Um, and then we're also doing a, a 2.0 version, if you will, of our shields. So we sort of took what was a medicinal shield for the frontline workers and kind of upgraded the headgear, upgraded the shape, kind of cut down the shape so that 
it's not as intrusive and a little more user friendly. So that's just another layer for people to use in the office. Um, we've seen some interest in people just purchasing them to commute right, as they're starting to think of commuting back and forth and what that means and what kind of protection they may want. Um, and then it would just be added protection over your mask. So. Hmm. Um, and if I'm, if I'm a, an office manager, I'm a business owner and I'm, uh, and I'm thinking about this, do, do I reach out to my architect? Do I reach out to 71 visuals directly? Who, who helps in the, the space planning and thinking about how my, my business is going to flow? Is that something that you can handle with, with a client who might, uh, or a tenant who's in space? Yeah, we definitely, and we're equipped and we already are looking at our clients' floor plans um, and helping them understand what they need and how much they need, right? So like if you're going to create like a navigation flow, how much, how many graphics do I need? And, you know, every office is different based on the setup and the size. So we're working with them, um, which is completely, if you have an existing office and you're on an architectural relationship at the moment, like we can help our clients that way. We're also working with architects on, you know, either newer builds or a lot for landlords and developers trying to work with an architect to understand how they're going to flow through the building. That's probably an extra layer of complication just in terms of egress and entry and elevator usage. And so, you know, as architects get involved with some recommendations there, we're working with them to support it on the messaging side. Well, that'd be interesting to hear from you because, uh, yes, one hurdle is transportation, right? Getting to work. Then the next hurdle is getting into the elevators. So we'd love to hear what's happening on the signage front from, a, from an elevator perspective. So you're going to probably see a lot of the same healthy habits, um, a lot of like social distancing. And, you know, when I'm approaching the desk, like a guard desk, like let's say I'm coming to visit your building, there's you're going to see floor graphics like you would in a supermarket now. I think the good thing about what the supermarkets and grocery stores are doing is they're kind of socializing this already. So when people come back, to some extent, they're going to be used to this, you know, sort of system of lining up. So you'll see those. I think you'll see plexi in front of the guards at the, you know, or security at the desk to give them some protection. I think depending on the building size, you're going to see elevators, you know, some allocated to the higher floors, some allocated to the lower floors. There's going to be max occupancy in an elevator. So I think everyone... Um, needs to be prepared for some lines. Um, I know some landlords, a few I've been on calls with, they're trying to take a pulse from their tenants too, to understand how, like, when do you think you're reopening? Are you open to kind of staggering the times? Like, I think they're trying to be as proactive as possible to sort of make that experience as easy as possible, understanding that, you know, their tenants have a right to bring everybody back when they want and have really have them come in when it, Ever they want them to, but I think it's really a joint effort between everybody to try to make this as seamless as possible. I mean, we've all been coming into buildings at the same time at 9 a.m., packed elevators and lines and <laughs> what that means. So um, trying to navigate it, you know, a lot of egress entry, like if your lobby's big enough, for some landlords, we're literally drawing a line in the sand. It's like this way is entry into the elevator bank, this way is out. They're lucky enough to have two entry points into the lobby. One is designated entry, mm. one is designated exit, you know, just to try to keep the traffic flow. Wow. As possible. So much, so much to think about. It is so much to think about. But, you know, the good thing is everyone's kind of in the same boat. So um, the same anxieties one person's having, another person's trying to do the exact same thing. And I think some of it is we're going to learn as we go, too. Like, we're going to do some things and we're going to have to tweak it um, because you can't anticipate every single scenario right now. 
Well, as I was preparing for our uh, our interview, um, I was looking I was looking through the lens of visuals and uh, and didn't really think maybe took for granted or didn't necessarily notice uh, all of the all of the visuals that exist. Yeah, like all the reminders. <laughs> yeah, in, in my daily life, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where when you hear something for the first time, then you hear it again, right? Once you learn about it. So I was definitely a heightened sense of awareness to it just in my trying to, you know, trying to go food shopping, but it was really fascinating to see how integral a role uh, branding, visual branding, signage plays in your daily life. It does. And I mean, we, you know, thinking about the, like coming into the lobbies in the building, we also try to make it brand oriented, right? So it's not just this generic sign and also warmer. Like I think we've talked a lot with our clients about this is also welcoming back, whether you're a landlord and you're welcoming your tenants back to the building or you are just, you know, business owner and you're welcoming them back to the office. We don't want everything to feel so clinical. Like the messaging is obviously important, but we want it to feel like welcome back. You know, we're creating a safe environment for you. This is all for you. And just not have it feel so, don't forget to wash your hands because it's so clinical and, you know. Right. Medicinal and right, right, right. Stale, right. Yeah. Uh, well, Jen, thank you so much for sharing uh, your insight there. Um, so as listeners and viewers would know, um, you know, no episode of Greg CTV and conversations with Cohen would be complete without some mention of food. Now, as I understand, Jen, you live in New York City. Is that right? Yeah, on every side. So I'm sure you are you're, you're a lover of, uh, of eating out. And uh, and right now, unfortunately, that isn't the case. So maybe uh, maybe. Maybe you've taken maybe you're taking out every once in a while. Is there a favorite place that you like to take out from that's uh, that's heavy on the rotation at the moment that you could share with us? There's a few. I tell you, rather than a favorite spot, although I do have favorite spots in the neighborhood, I love that you can now order from places that like you can normally not get a reservation to. Like you can order from Carbone downtown. They'll deliver. We ordered Red Farm the other night from the Upper West Side, which is amazing. We even got Lucali's Pizza. They actually are t- accepting like you know, delivery takeouts. So we called, we got through, and we were like, oh my God, this is amazing. So we drove to Brooklyn and got the pizza. Wow. So this, that part of the experience has been great because you're actually getting access. I mean, localities, I don't know if you ever went there, but the line is forever. forever. You, forever. you can never get in. So, you know, it's like little things like that that's making it a little more fun. Um, I mean, I miss going out to eat. Like, I just miss that experience of getting out. So I'm hoping that for all those restaurants that everyone kind of embraces, you know, going back. Um, so then the question plan, would be, then the question would be, what is the first place you are going to go? That's a good question. Eat out. Uh, I think JG Mellon's because okay. they're not open or <laughs> even so like taking out a burger and fries is not the same. Oh. It might be JG Mellon's might be the first spot I actually go to. Uh, take out fries do not travel well. No, they don't. It's just wow. not, that's one thing that's not the same. When you're being in Westchester. Well, you, how what's that? Being in Westchester. Yeah. yeah. I have discovered A&S, A&S Sala Maria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of all things Italian food. So uh, A&S is, uh, is like a pork store, like an old school pork store that's got like six or seven locations. And, uh, and they only do, they only do uh, pick up. Right. Um, and, uh, I've been going for lunch. I've had it like three times now. It's uh, on a nice Italian semolina roll, uh, chicken cutlet, fresh mozzarella, roasted red peppers, and broccoli rabe. 
Oh, that's have delicious. Uh, and uh, and I'm, I'm going to try the rice balls next week. You're spacing it out. You're pacing. You can't. can't. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Got to make it last. Well, <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate the insight that you've uh, you've shared for us about um, visual branding and signage and getting back to the office space. And also, really want to thank you and the team there at Seventy One Visuals for what you folks are doing to to help in the fight with coronavirus and keeping us all healthy. Um, I'm going to be sure to uh, to put your contact details and 71 visuals details and their website in the show notes. Um, and um, for everyone listening and subscribing, if you like what you've heard, don't forget to, uh, to hit the subscribe button below and uh, we'll see you next time on co on conversations with Cohen. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>